Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, many people waste their life, much of their life, trying to be somebody they're not. You can't be anybody other than God created you to be. And who he's created you to be with the gifts that you have are right on. That's where peace and that's where purpose are discovered. Don't waste your life trying to be somebody you think you should be. No, just be who you are. It's common for one to be frustrated with their lot in life and to wish they had a different job or skill set. This sometimes leads to frustration with who we are, who we perceive that God has made us, ending with discontent on our part. Pastor Mark will be teaching on John the Baptist and his cousin Jesus and pointing out John's satisfaction with who he was, even as he saw his followers leave him to follow Jesus. He understood that he had done the job God had made him to do, and he was content with that. We will be seeing how this lesson applies to us and the benefits of becoming content with who God made us to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues with his message, God Introduces His Son to the World. If you had to, as a Christian, introduce Jesus to an unbeliever, how would you do it? What would you say? What do you know about Jesus? Well, this morning, God is going to introduce Jesus to the world. John the Baptist is going to help. You see, as a Christian, even in our country, I wish I could say to you this. Here's Jesus, and he needs no introduction. No, our world is totally confused about who Jesus is. And sometimes we forget as Christians what it looks like. If you're a Christ follower, I'm supposed to be like him. I plan teachings, and then God just takes care of it. During my break between first and second service, I found this on CNN. Starting tonight, CNN presents Finding Jesus. Fact Faith or forgery? Now, why is CNN doing a six or seven week series on Sunday nights? I just found it an hour ago. Why are they doing that? Because people are interested in Jesus. They want to find Jesus. Now, let me just say to you, because I haven't watched any of it, have half your eyes closed and all your brain on when you watch. Because a bunch of this stuff is going to be garbage. Garbage. But we can learn from the Bible the true thing. I won't tell you the newspaper, but I read this this week. 
It's local. Here's an individual who says they go to church. Here's the article. Here's what it says. Find five things that people think Christians have to believe. And she lists five things that Christians don't have to believe. She's 100% wrong. Every one of the things she said you don't have to believe, she's 100% wrong according to the Bible. So who is Jesus? Is there a way to really understand who he is and how it works? Well, that's what the whole book of Luke is about. It's going every day and watching who Jesus is. Now, remember, we told you last week, you're Jewish because we're going to put ourselves at the Jordan River. So just turn to your neighbor and go, Shalom, I'm Jewish. Go ahead, just to tell him right now. That's good. How many are Jewish you like bagels? There you are, blocks and cream cheese. Okay, all right. Now, remember, John the Baptist was sent by God to change the spiritual environment in Israel. God hadn't been heard from for 400 years. The government was corrupt. The Jewish religion was dead. So when John the Baptist came, he started with an interesting message from God. Repent, be baptized, prove by change you've really repented. First thing I want you to write today is from last week, just a reminder. True repentance in my life, in your life, will be proved by a changed life. So it's not a place to play games. John the Baptist says, if you really call yourself a follower, a believer, then your life will look like it. Now we begin, and let me just share this with you. Since you're Jewish, you would know this, that the Jewish people knew from the Old Testament The Messiah was coming. They didn't know when. They didn't know how. They had a different understanding. They thought the Messiah was coming for political reasons. That's not true. He came for spiritual reasons. But they knew he would be preceded by a forerunner. And so here's John, the Baptist. He's come. Thousands of people are coming out to the Jordan River to be baptized. And they're thinking to themselves... Well, we haven't heard from God for a long time. He's he's got a great message. Maybe, maybe John the Baptist is the Messiah. So watch what happens in verse 15. Luke 3, 15. And the people were waiting expectantly, and were all wondering in their hearts if John, John the Baptist, might possibly be the Christ. So the power of John's message led the people to think, Okay, this is the guy. Now, how will John respond to this? Well, I've given you a quote from the Gospel of John. Look how he responds. He came right out, this is John the Baptist, and said, I am not the Messiah. You see, John the Baptist knew who he was. He was a forerunner of Jesus. John the Baptist knew that God chose him to introduce Jesus to the world. He was never going to be the Messiah. He had a specific role given to him by God. This is a huge principle for you and me today. Write this down this morning. John the Baptist was content with who God made him. Are you? You see, many people waste their life, much of their life, trying to be somebody they're not. You can't be anybody other than God created you to be. And who he's created you to be with the gifts that you have are right on. That's where peace and that's where purpose are discovered. Don't waste your life trying to be somebody you think you should be. No, just be who you are. John the Baptist is doing an 
excellent job being John the Baptist. He will never be the Messiah. So he isn't sitting over there going, man, how come I'm John the Baptist? Man, I want to be the Messiah. Maybe you're miserable this morning where you're at. No, find your gifting and be all here right now. Quit trying to play around with who you're not. Now, the next thing we see is John the Baptist, since he made that statement, he's going to show us differences. He's going to introduce Jesus to us. And we're going to learn some things that John the Baptist knows are different from Jesus and John the Baptist. Look at verse 16. And John answered them. Here's the difference. I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. So already we know that the Messiah is going to be more powerful than John the Baptist. Jesus' baptism from water is going to be different. In fact, he says this, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. In other words, the one that's coming, the Messiah, you can worship him. You can't worship me. You can worship him. You can't worship me. And then he says, remember, I baptized you with water. Watch this. He, the Messiah, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John's baptism was outward and physical. Jesus' baptism would be inward and spiritual. Now, we'll talk about the difference as we move through. Jesus' baptism was very different than John the Baptist. When Jesus finally came and he charges us to go into all the world, make disciples and baptize them, I'll explain to you what that baptism was like. But notice here, Jesus' baptism would have two aspects, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Why would Jesus, you'll see today in the teaching, be filled with the Spirit, be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Because you're going to discover that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And everything he did, he did not do because he was God. He set that aside. He did it because he was filled with the power of the Spirit. Now, here's the thing you want to write. What does the power of God do for us? Baptism in the Holy Spirit is just the power of God. It's the power to live victoriously to be able to say no to sin, and to boldly introduce Jesus Christ. That's why the power. Now, what does this be baptized in fire mean? can be two things. Number one, when you become a believer and God fills us with his spirit, it purifies us. God's power is always a transforming, purifying power. But it could also be this, the purifying work of judgment by the Messiah. I want you to write this down. Now, this is going to need some explaining, and I'll do it. Here we go. Here we are. Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. We know this. You know the first part, but sometimes we miss the second. Jesus, the Messiah, was going to come on the scene as both a Savior, but here's the other part we don't get, and a judge. A Savior and a judge. Now, what does that look like? We already saw. John the Baptist said, If you're going to be a Christian, then there's going to be fruit in your life. He used the illustration as a tree, you remember? And he said, here's a tree. It's dying. There's no fruit. And then he said this, the axe is already at the root. It's going to be torn down, chopped up, and put in the fire. In other words, he was talking about unbelievers or professing people that had supposedly a relation with God, but they don't have it. He says, no, God knows there's no fruit. That means there's no root. So he's just chopping it up, and it's going to be destroyed. 
Well, he gives us another picture of the very same thing. Take a look in verse 17. His, Jesus winnowing for, is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, this doesn't mean a lot to us. I can explain to you very simple. In those days, they didn't have machines. So when there was wheat in the field, the owner of that field, he would go out with this pitchfork kind of with lots of things, a winnowing fork, and he would take the wheat and he would throw it up. And the wheat seed would fall to the ground and they'd gather it up, make bread. The chaff, the wind would blow. So he'd just do it like this. So what is John the Baptist saying about Jesus? This is a picture of separating wheat from chaff. What's valuable? The wheat. The chaff is what? It's useless. So what is the wheat that he's talking about here? Talking about Christians. He's talking about people that are really believers, not professing, but actually are Christians. And so in the end time, God's going to judge people. And he's using the wheat illustration, made perfectly sense to those people. And a person that's a real believer, man, boom, down there, he'll gather it and put it in the barn. What was the barn? Heaven. Now the chaff. Where's it? It just blows away all over. These are unbelievers and people that say they're believers, but they're not. Now, I want to ask you a question. We know where the wheat goes into the barn, which is heaven. What happens to the chaff? What happens? Look in your Bible. Tell me where it goes. Tell me where it goes. Unquenchable what? Hmm. Pastor Mark, I don't like that. What are you saying Jesus is saying? What is John the Baptist talking? What's he alluding to here? Here's the key. Jesus spoke about it as well. Look what he says. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. You see, we like the picture of Jesus as a savior. We do not like the picture of Jesus as a judge. But that's exactly what's going to happen. You see in that verse, let's put that up again. You watch, there's two things. When when you die, there's two things. You're going to either go away to eternal punishment, which is hell, or eternal life. There's no middle ground. When you go on the ground, you don't die. That's not it. It's over with. No, your spirit lives forever. So what John is saying is, he's saying to people, listen up. Quit playing games. Because the Savior's coming, but he's also going to judge. Jesus is known in the Bible as the judge of the world. He will not only judge individuals, he'll judge nations. Now, Look at verse 18. It's hard for us to see, but watch what happens. Very close. Listen. And with many other words, John exhorted the people. He was challenging them, as I'm you. And he preached, say it with me, the good news to them. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? Are you telling me this severe warning about maybe hell is part of the good news? I'm not interested in that. Well, you want to write this down. This is the key for you and me. Jesus' good news always includes the bad news. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? Of course I'm not kidding you. Do you know in the Bible that Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven? So, Pastor Mark, how am I to introduce this to people then? 
Well, look what he says. This is Jesus speaking now. Whoever believes in the Son has what? Tell me. Eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life for God's wrath remains on him. See, God is a just God. So how do I introduce Jesus to the world? Well, the first time somebody at work says to me, I hear you go to church. That Calvary thing or whatever over there. That short pastor that's really good looking. How do you? How do you? It's not talking about here, obviously, it's somewhere else. And, and you say to them, well, here's who Jesus is. If you accept him as your personal savior, it's fantastic. If you refuse today, you're going to hell. Is that the way we're to introduce Jesus? Of course not. Don't be stupid. But you know, you can go to a million churches in our country today. You'll never hear the word sin. You'll never hear the word repent. And guaranteed from Louisiana, you will never hear the word hell. So, well, Pastor Mark, what's the deal with this? You know, when we see this in Scripture, if people refuse to submit to God, the only thing left is God's judgment. I knew it. I knew this God was an angry God. You can't please him. Wrong. Telling people the truth about eternity and their destination after they die is not based on God's anger. It's based on God's love. If you had a two-year-old and he or she's just learning to walk and you have them outside and you're distracted for a moment and you see your child running to a busy street as a loving parent, what would you do? Well, have a nice day. <laughs> no, you'd go, wait, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. That's exactly what God is saying to you this morning. Please don't go to hell. I'm not sending Jesus so people can go to hell. It doesn't please me to people to go, I created you to live with me in heaven. Please listen to the word of God. It's from the love. God so loved the world. But in the message of the good news, there is bad news. But we present it with love. And I want to make it personal. Look at this next statement. You, yes, you this morning, you can avoid God's judgment by repenting and believing that Jesus is the Messiah. You don't have to watch CNN. I'm giving you the word of God this morning that is all truth. And you can make a decision. I can't make it for you. At the end of our service, as we do at all services, we give people an opportunity to go, okay, it's time to do things right. You can make. That's what John the Baptist saw. That's why Jesus Christ is coming. That's why he said those words. Now, look at me for just a moment. Luke, when he writes his gospel, he summarizes John the Baptist in like one chapter. He just puts it in there, and then he doesn't talk about him except for one more time. Again, so we don't have the whole history of John. So in these next two verses, you see this little summary of John the Baptist. Watch how he does it. Then he's going to focus on Jesus, because that's who his whole focus is. Look at verse 19. But when John rebuked Herod, one of the government leaders, the tetrarch, because of Herodias, his brother's wife, And all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all, and he locked John the Baptist up in prison. John the Baptist, as he moved through life, was not afraid to stand up against hypocrisy in the church. You remember he did it with the Jewish leaders? Or immorality in the government. He just stood for it. And somehow, John heard about Herod. 
And he puts this relationship on Facebook. It goes viral. It's kind of picture of 50 shades of gray. By the way, if you know what that is and you went there, you need to repent this morning. I'm not kidding. That is the world's picture of love, which has nothing to do with God. It's satanic. It is destroying marriages. Don't you dare go to stuff like that. Well, why is John the Baptist so mad about Herod? Well, let me explain to you what Herod did. He married his brother's wife. He, div- he married his brother's wife. And not only that, Herodias, beside that, his brother's wife, Herodias, was also Herod's niece. So what is Herod committing? Adultery and incest at the same time. By the way, our world hasn't changed. It's the same. So what we see is his courageous ministry by standing, led him to be put in prison. Now, I want you to fast forward John the Baptist's life. So John stands for the truth. He comes against Herod. And when he does that, by a hand signal this morning, those of you that know, tell me what happens to John the Baptist at the end of his life. How does John the Baptist die? Just tell me. Look around. If you don't know, look around. What are the people doing? What are they doing what? His head was... Chopped off just a week ago, Coptic Christians in Egypt. Nothing has changed. This is 2,000 years ago. Nothing has changed. Satan's goal, steal, kill, and destroy. So, Pastor Mark, that's a really nice history, but it has nothing to do with me. Oh, yeah, it has. That demonic stuff is in the United States and coming big time. I don't know what will happen to me. Don't look at me sad. I don't know what will happen to you. Every day there's hundreds of Christians being killed all over the world. So here's a statement you want to write this morning. We have to understand this. We're not weak Christians today. Standing for the truth, it's absolutely costly. Don't be a wishy-washy person, but it's worth it. John the Baptist is in heaven today. But he died for it, as did 11 of the other martyrs, the apostles. Now, when you begin to think about that, I want you to keep your finger right there in Luke. Keep your finger, put your finger right there, and go forward two books, backward two books, to the book of Matthew. Matthew, I want you to read something. Matthew 3, verse 13. Now, remember, all we know from Jesus... After he was born, he goes to Egypt quickly, then he goes up to Nazareth. And all we know from Jesus at the age of 12, he comes down to Jerusalem for one day. Remember, he got lost and all that kind of thing. From age 12 to 30, we know nothing of Jesus. There's not a thing in the Bible about Jesus. But watch what happens. So Jesus is somewhere around 30 years old. Look at Matthew 3, 13. First word, then. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. As we heard today, God has made each of us as individuals with a particular skill set and temperament to be used for His glory and to further His kingdom. That having been said, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who will give us the power we need to live a changed life, to live victoriously, and to boldly introduce Christ to those around us. 
Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Pastor Mark will be continuing the story of John the Baptist and how his standing for the truth eventually cost him his life. He'll also be following the transition in the text from John to Jesus and focusing on Jesus' call to the people to repentance and a changed life, warning them that the Messiah was not only to be a savior but a judge and telling them how to avoid the coming judgment. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.